Tonight, on the Midnight Train Podcast, we start off Season 3 with a battle. The Battle of St. Elmo's Fire. Hoops. I mean the Battle of Los Angeles. No, not the Rage Against the Machine album. The real Battle of Los Angeles. What exactly is it? So sit back, grab a drink, and turn up the volume to 11. Listener discretion is advised, all aboard. Hello, passengers. Welcome to the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. What does that mean? We make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. And with me, as always, is Jeff Butchko, the guy. How are you, guy? I'm the guy. <laughs> the guy. The guy. Hey, guy. How's I'm it going? I'm doing good. Yeah. Despite the weather. Despite, yeah. Did, we got some snow. Did you see? So everything... If you're not from Ohio, everything, we had an ice storm. Everything froze over yesterday. Was it yesterday? The day before. Yeah, day before. And what was really crazy is I was outside having a smoke at work on break. And you look up in the sky and you see all the trees. Everything looked like glass. Like, because all the treetops were frozen and all the branches. Everything was just still and frozen. It just looked like a world of glass. I was like, wow, this is, this and, is weird. And then it snowed. And then it snowed on top of that. Right. So there's snow. Probably, what do you, I don't know, what, three inches, four inches? All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Anyway, and of course, across from me, my son, the captain of, ah, damn it, I'm I, I forgot what it was. <laughs> Riley, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Thank Jesus. you, everyone. Thank you. So can we, can you take this back? I'm fix it. Yeah, 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 that one yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Cut it out. All right. Yeah. I'll put like booze in there instead. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we, we switch it on him. <laughs> yeah. We've got that, too. There you go. Well, also, we happen to have a special guest with us because this is season three, episode one, and we are in a new facility. We are, are actually at the, the new train station. Um, and Jeff actually was working really hard for the past few days to get it all up and running. It's, it, dude, it looks awesome. Oh, I got all kinds of fun for my I hate segment today. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'll be good. Oh, Jesus. I can't wait. So, uh, we have a guest, and uh, can I get a drum roll? Real fast? Chainsaw. What's up? How are you, buddy? Doing pretty good. First episode of season three. I'm on it. Fuck you, Moody. There you go. Nice. He says, fuck you, Moody. Th- them's his fighting words. Just make sure, <laughs> yeah, right. make sure you're on your mic there, buddy. We want to be able to hear you. There you go. All right. So as most of you know, and if you're new here, we are just a bunch of goofballs that love history and can't get enough of the mysterious. We want you all to know how important it is to us and how much it means to us that you listen to this podcast. We know you can listen to anything else. You could be out there doing whatever, listening to whatever, but you're listening to us because we're the best and you're the best. So together we make awesome, best, the bestest, best stuff, (laughs) the best stuff. Together we make the bestest. We make the bestest, the most best. Yeah. Anyway, your reviews and support really do make all the hard work worthwhile. Um, all right, so let's turn on the lights, adjust our seats, grab a drink, and let's get spooky. But first of all, here's a toast to all of you. Yeah! We are young. It's coffee time. I'll do monster. Yeah. So I'm drinking coffee. It's fine. This is a battlefield. It is a battlefield. Which is amazing. All right, enough, Pat. Enough, yeah, all right, enough. All right. We we got enough of you in the eighties. Okay, whoa, whoa, <laughs> enough whoa, is enough. Whoa. Is that Pat Nubatar? <laughs> we are young. That that Pat Benter. <laughs> Everybody out there right now, is like, what was that voice? That was called Butthead. If you guys don't remember Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am Cornholio. Oh, dumbass. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. We can do anything. Lay off the coffee, John. So as we leave the station tonight and embark on our next journey, we take this beautiful bastard of a train all the way back to February 25th, 1942. On the radio, we can hear Glenn Miller's Chattanooga Choo Choo 
And the city of Los Angeles, California was, for the most part, sound asleep and resting easy in the comfort of their own homes. As easy as one can at this time, because, um, as you hopefully know, if you weren't completely stoned throughout history class, the United States had just entered World War II only two and a half months prior when Japan and its allies, uh, you know, Germany, the Germans, and the Italians declared war on the United States. So, yeah. So everybody was up in arms. They were sleeping peacefully, right? Oh, yeah. They were sleeping peacefully with a pistol under their pillow yeah Yeah, dad's got a pistol there like a little bag next to the bed full of water and soup and stuff you know (laughs) for the bomb shelter (laughs) right so japan had recently sent their imperial japanese navy air service across the ocean and attacked pearl harbor a u.s naval base in honolulu hawaii at 7 48 a.m on sunday december 7th 1941 353 imperial fighters level bombers dive bombers and torpedo bombers in two waves launched from six aircraft carriers and flew in without any declaration of war or warning, and while peace negotiations were still underway, causing an unprecedented amount of death and destruction. So we all know, what are you laughing about over there? Because you said Imperial fighters, and mm-hmm. as soon as you said that, I like picture in my head like, red leader standing by, <laughs> red leader standing by, bam, gold leader. Bam, bam, <laughs> that's all I thought about, I don't know. I was about to say, that's really not funny. I just said death and destruction. You're looking at me like, why are you laughing? I I hope they're giggling over it. Um, So this tragic event led President Franklin D. Roosevelt to proclaim that that, uh, it's on, motherfuckers. And uh, that's probably what he said, but uh, at least to his staff or whatever. So he cleared his throat and said that December 7th, 1941 would be forever remembered as, quote, a date which will live in infamy and subsequently led the U.S. to enter into World War II. I like to think that he finishes his speech leaned over to his army chief of staff, General George C. Marshall, and whispered, kill the machine. Kill them all. <laughs> you think? Nice. Maybe. Maybe. Except it'll probably be like, kill the machine. <laughs> yeah. Kill them all. Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> there it is. Nice. <laughs> right. So on February 25th, the American people were on high alert and more than likely scared to fucking death especially considering that during one of President Roosevelt's fireside chats where he would get on the radio and freestyle like a motherfucker, a Japanese I-17 submarine carrying 101 men and captained by Commander Kozo Nishono had just launched between 12 to 25 shells at Santa Barbara, California, destroying a derrick and a pump house while the Elwood Pier and a catwalk nearby suffered minor damage. Um, Oh, yeah. It was only two fucking days earlier than what we're talking about right now. And I didn't know this, that this actually happened. I had no idea that there was actually a Japanese submarine that uh, it attacked Santa Barbara, California. Did you guys know that? I, I did not know that. No I idea. did not know that. I had no idea. Which, which, I, so I've heard the, what we're getting into, I've heard a lot about, but I never really dove into it. So this is a really cool, and, and you'll, you'll see where I'm getting to it. So yeah, the people of LA were probably just a little unnerved, um, you think? Oh, shit, I almost forgot. Roosevelt didn't freestyle, like I mentioned earlier, although I bet he could if he wanted. Instead, he'd hop on the radio and talk about the banking crisis. <laughs> MC Frankie D sounded a lot cooler in my head. Anyway, so yeah, he uh, was one of the um, presidents that would get on the radio, and he would just talk to the American people. And you could tune in, you can actually listen to uh, Frankie D talk about stuff. This is kind of like Trump on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably not but as interesting. In the day, right? <laughs> Probably not as interesting, because, man, Trump and his tweets... Anyway, um, well, at approximately 2 a.m., the L.A. citizens' worst fears came to fruition when air raid sirens start blaring, spinning the city into a goddamn panic. A total blackout was ordered, and thousands of air raid wardens were summoned to lead uh, to their positions. At 3.16 a.m., the 37th Coast Artillery Brigade began firing 50 caliber machine guns and 12.8-pound anti-aircraft shells into the air. Dude, 50 cals are no joke, by the way. Oh, if you're yeah. not familiar with like weaponry and guns, 50 cals will like put a five-foot hole through steel. Oh, yeah. They're, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, It's yeah. a huge freaking yeah. shell, man. They're tank killers, basically. We had, we had them all around the Enterprise when I was in the Navy. Starship really? Enterprise? What, what are you, I Captain fucking Kirk no over here? Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were they were automated. Was that on the USS Candy? <laughs> As a matter of fact. That's so creepy. Yeah, 50 yeah. cals are no joke, though. So just to put that in perspective right. for you guys yeah. out there. We called them R2-D2s. They were white domes. Yeah. They were pretty, pretty badass. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, over 1,400 shells would eventually be fired. All right. So were they under attack? Were they? What do you guys think? Were they under attack? 
I don't know. Let's keep going. And <laughs> I, I can't make my assumption until I have the okay. whole story. Yeah, yeah, I can't say you were wrong until okay. and, the information. Good. On a side note, I'm not familiar with any of this. Like good. I've heard bits and pieces right. of it, but I, I don't know anything about it. Well, so. this is a legitimate thing that actually transpired, and it's pretty fucking crazy. And they had a movie made back in like 2013 based yeah, on see, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that movie. Yeah, I they probably fucked I it up. I didn't watch it, but I, I, I didn't. I don't think out. anyone. Watched I heard it. it wasn't that great. Yeah, I heard it was kind of like a Cloverfield kind of thing, where it was like shaky cam the whole time. Right. Well, pilots of the 4th Interceptor Command were alerted, but they never even took off, all right? So we never launched any planes. All we did is just fire our guns at whatever was purportedly coming. The darkness. Right. The Shoot it! <laughs> the artillery fire continued sporadically until 4.14 a.m. until the all-clear was sounded and the blackout order lifted at uh, was lifted at 7.21 a.m. as per San, a San Francisco Virtual Museum article. So this was like big shit and big deal. Um, initial reports were that... Um, well, sorry, I'm, I'm skipping around here real fast. Um, several buildings and vehicles were damaged by shell fragments, and five civ- civilians died as an ended English motherfucker, do you speak it? Thank you, Samuel Jackson. Um, so anyway, five... Sus- Jesus Christ. Right? <laughs> English motherfucker, do you speak it? <laughs> words, I hate words. You're not having a stroke, are you? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> check, check his mouth. Is it five, even? Yeah. Is his mouth yeah. even? <laughs> make, make that six deaths. Can you blink both eyes at the same time? <laughs> five civilians... <laughs> fuck you. Five civilians died as an indirect result of the anti-aircraft fire. Three killed in car accidents in the ensuing chaos and two of heart attacks attributed to the stress of the hour-long action. Two people died from being scared to death. They were scared. Yeah, they were fucking... I'm telling you, man, this was like super high alert shit. Um, The incident was front page news along the uh, U.S. uh, Pacific coast and across the nation. That would be my fucking luck as having a fucking heart attack. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it turns out, oh, yeah. As you're driving a tank right. with the 50 cal on top, <laughs> right. right? So initial reports. So what the fuck happened, right? Initial reports were that um, they were there were lights in the sky and that it potentially could have been the Japanese flying in to fuck them up some more, you know, round eyes. Get your round eyes. Oh, fuck you. Because, you know, whatever. I mean, hell, up until the attack on Pearl Harbor, the American people probably never believed that we could be attacked by foreign enemies since that shit had not happened since the War of 1812. And the British came over and gave Washington, D.C. a swift kick in the ass. Those fuckers even set fire to the White House. I mean, who does that? You know what I mean? Like The British. Yeah, the British did The British. Right. Hey, Re- Relax, folks. We're not making fun of the British. <laughs> According to 23andMe, I'm, I'm mostly British. Yes. Really? Yes. I'm like 65 or 70% British. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have the audio from the local radio station's report on the incident. And uh, no, this isn't Jeff fucking with us. This is actually real. So take a listen. The news of the world, Wednesday, February 25th. Once again, Columbia's correspondents in world capitals and the fighting zones in the Western Pacific are ready to give you the latest news direct by shortwave radio. And now for news of our own West Coast, we take you to Los Angeles and the report of Byron Palmer. Anti-aircraft guns went into action against unidentified aircraft in the Los Angeles area shortly after 3 a.m. Pacific wartime this morning. The anti-aircraft guns began barking during a blackout ordered by the 4th Interceptor Command at 2.25 a.m. The unidentified object which some sources thought might be a blimp, moved slowly down the Pacific coast from Santa Monica and disappeared south of Long Beach. Army officials declined to comment on the possibility that the object might have been a blimp. However, it required nearly 30 minutes to travel some 25 miles, far slower than an airplane. Watchers on the rooftop of the Columbia Broadcasting Building in the heart of Hollywood could plainly see the flashes of guns and searchlights sweeping the skies in a wide arc along the coastal area. Concussion of the shells could be felt in downtown Los Angeles, 15 miles away. U.S. Army planes quickly took to the dark skies, but whether they contacted the object has not been announced. Army officials say they will not comment until they receive a full report of the action. Although some watchers say they saw airplanes in the air, Semi-official sources say they probably were the U.S. Army's pursuit. Several observers say they saw one or more planes spotlighted by 20 or 30 searchlights. The object moved southward, presumably over Huntington Park, at the western edge of Los Angeles, 
and on southward to about Long Beach on the coast. By 3.30 a.m., observers said the object appeared to be over the south of Long Beach. Searchlights closely followed the object down the coast and kept it centered in their glare. Shells frequently could be seen bursting near the object, but none appeared to hit it. The shooting stopped about 3.30 a.m. The shooting brought warfare to the front door of this city of a million and a quarter population for the first time since December 7th. Already, it was alert to the presence off the Southern California coast of a Japanese submarine which had pumped 25 shells into an oil field north of Santa Barbara Monday evening. Because of the presence of the submarine, a three-hour alert was ordered at dusk last night, and civilian authorities stood at their posts while the Army and Navy continued their search for the submersible. The evening alert ended at 10.23 p.m., but another was sounded at 2.22 a.m., and the blackout followed within three minutes. It covered Los Angeles County from Santa Monica to Pomona. At 2.27, all Southern California radio stations were ordered off the air, except those in San Diego. Approximately 20 minutes after the firing died down, the ship returned and headed westward from Long Beach toward Santa Monica. The guns went into action again, hurling round after round of shells at the object. The second barrage appeared to be closer to downtown Los Angeles since watchers could hear the concussion of the guns more clearly and the flash of bursting shells was brighter. Then the ship disappeared for the second time over the ocean. We return you now to CBS in New York. Today. <laughs> I know, that's all I could think of. It was like, all right, so... Los Angeles. Los Angeles. He kept calling it. So now... So that was real. That was an actual report from from when that actually transpired. So this shit starts to get a little all over the place here. So just beer with me here. <laughs> get it? Beer with me? <laughs> no. Okay. Wait. 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 Oh, damn. Just it. wait for it. Just. Uh, just you, I had. I, I really had to do this to you. I mean, Mother. Why did we give him that? I don't know. He'll get it eventually. Yeah. He'll find his stride. <laughs> so within hours of the end of the air raid, Secretary of the Navy Frank uh, Frank Knox a press conference saying the entire incident was a false alarm due to anxiety and, quote, war nerves. Knox's comments were followed by statements from the Army the next day that reflected uh, General George C. Marshall's um, supposition that the incident might have been caused by enemy agents using commercial airplanes in a psychological warfare campaign to generate panic. Got that? Yes, feel I like could see that happening, okay. so especially right. back then. He gets on, he gets oh, on and, and he basically gives a report saying that that's, that's what it was. Orson Welles. Right, I was right. just going to say that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So stories of there being 15 commercial planes flown by enemy pilots in order to just fuck with the American people were all over the place. There were even rumors that we actually shot down a plane, but no wreckage was ever found. The crazy part is, if it were a raid, then why were no bombs dropped? One LA Times rewriter um, who was present is even quoted as uh, writing, quote, Roaring out of a moonlit western sky, foreign aircraft flying both in large formation and singly flew over Southern California early today and drew heavy barrages of anti-aircraft fire, the first ever to sound over the United States continental soil against an enemy invader. Yeah, that's what he says. So he's saying people saw aircraft is what they're saying. All right. Uh, hell, one newspaper's front page headline was uh, that of another eyewitness and all it read was, quote, I saw war come to Los Angeles. So these conflicting reports and press conferences led people to believe that there was some sort of cover-up. But why? Why was the United States military just paranoid and trigger-happy? You know? Or was there any type of aircraft whatsoever? So, kind of. Apparently, they were weather balloons. Supposedly, quote, hang on, hang on. everything a weather Bullshit. balloon now? That's Come a good cover-up. Right, right. Just like Roswell, too. Right. So now the embarrassment of launching all those shells in the air and causing an outright panic over fucking weather balloons gave the government the, quote, ammunition (laughs) to hide behind a less incredulous story, saying it was only a false alarm. Sure shit sounds better than we attack them goddamn balloons. They ain't never gonna fuck with us. But the fucking USA, praise Jesus! They're coming right for us. Get the 50 cal. Right. So it sounded a lot better when they said uh, we we did this. Now, we're going to continue here in a second, but we're going to take a uh, just a quick break for our sponsor. This episode of the Midnight Train Podcast is sponsored by Voodoo Vodka. 20 times distilled, made from pure cane sugar and handcrafted right here in Ohio. Vodka can be smooth and voodoo proves it. Drink it straight, chilled, or in your favorite mixed drink. 
Ask for it wherever you buy your favorite liquors or head over to voodoo.com and subscribe to their mailing list. While you're there, pick up some Voodoo merchandise and use the promo code Midnight Train Podcast, all one word, to get 10% off your entire order. That's Voodoo, V O U D O U X.com. Promo code Midnight Train Podcast for 10% off. And you can now buy this delicious vodka online. So order some today and drink with us whenever you listen to the show. Voodoo Vodka, it's magic. Okay, so now shit starts to get really weird. Let's talk about the Majestic 12 papers. According to Skeptoid.com, in 1987, a group of ufologists, William L. Moore, Stanton Friedman, and Jamie Shandera announced the existence of several government documents classified as top secret that supposedly contained a 1947 order from President Harry Truman establishing a group called Majestic 12 in an assortment of the usual Illuminati um, from government, business, and the military. Majestic 12 was charged with handling everything to do with extraterrestrial aliens. Fucked up part is, is uh, you can actually look online and find these documents. This is like the men in black back in the day, basically. Kind of. Um, but you can actually see like there's you can find these documents from from one to Roosevelt and from the, the chief of staff and everything else. Um, the Majestic 12 documents are legendary to UFO enthusiasts. These documents, which appear to be declassified official U.S. government memos written in 1947, appear to confirm everything believed by many in the UFO community, that the United States knows all about aliens visiting Earth in their flying saucers. Many say the documents are a hoax. Others say the hoax plaintiffs are all a part of the cover-up. In December of 1984, a manila, manila envelope dropped through the mail slot in uh, the front door of Jamie Shandera, a writer and UFO researcher. It contained a roll of 35-millimeter film. The postmark on the envelope told him little. It was from Albuquerque. English, motherfucker, do you speak it? That's it. I'm deleting that one. (laughs) Yeah. Albuquerque. Say Albuquerque. 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 Fuck you guys. Can you do it three times? Three times fast. I can't do it once. (laughs) Do it, Riley. Albuquerque, Albuquerque, Albuquerque. (laughs) Yep, there it is. All right. All right. So anyway, Albuquerque, New Mexico. But there was no return address or indication of who might have sent it or what it was. Shandera called his partner in UFO research, author Bill Moore. They developed the film and found that each frame was a photograph of a page of a document. Printed out, it formed what's become known as the Majestic 12 documents, usually abbreviated as MJ-12. Michael Jackson 12? What? Nice. (laughs) Anyway, the document purported to be a memo written in 1952 by the director of the CIA advising President Eisenhower of the existence of a group of 12 scientists and military officials who were assembled in 1947 on the orders of President Truman to investigate the crash of the flying saucer in Roswell. The memo advised the president of the importance of the Majestic 12 group and suggested that the project be continued. Moore and Shindera decided to keep the documents secret, sharing them only with a select few UFO researchers, including Stanton Friedman, the original author of the Roswell mythology. Word began to leak out to the UFO community that some documents existed, but Moore, Shindera, and Friedman weren't sharing. In 1986, an anonymous source described the documents to British UFO author Jenny Randalls, but she declined them. In 1987, the documents were received anonymously by another British UFO author, Timothy Good. He published them in his book, Above Top Secret. Moore realized the time for secrecy was passed, and he went public with them at a UFO conference in June of that year. Suddenly, everyone knew about MJ-12, and even the mainstream media reported on them. I want to go to a UFO conference. Imagine <laughs> the type of people you'd meet there. That'd be amazing. <laughs> what, you get like 500 Moody's in one room? Hey. Yeah. As you guys know. Do you believe? I do, do you? I believe. Do you? I've seen it in my backyard. I have one. There was a bright light. Really? And they have long fingers. My mom's one. (laughs) (laughs) So skeptical UFO author um, Philip Klass sent a a copy of the documents to the FBI, which immediately investigated their authenticity. In the report dated December 1988, the FBI stated, quote, The Office of Special Investigations, U.S. Air Force, advised on November 30th, 1988, that the document was fabricated. Copies of the document have been distributed to various parts of the United States. The document is completely bogus. All right, so that came from the FBI, right? I bet you if you ask Chris, he's got three copies. <laughs> Probably. He's oh, got a tattoo sure. on his ass. He's got one case. next to the toilet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's exactly. got one in a time capsule buried in the backyard. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> now, for those that may not know, during World War II, British military intelligence wanted to hide the existence of their airborne radar system that allowed British heavy fighters to be uh, so successful against German nighttime bombing raids. So they put out 
a disinformation campaign, explaining their extraordinary success by saying their pilots ate carrots to give them better night vision. During the Cold War, such disinformation campaigns became profoundly important as we were in the nuclear age and espionage between the United States and the Soviet Union was a matter of life and death. During the early days of the Cold War, the Air Force became a concern that such UFO groups might conceivably collect actual sensitive information about classified Air Force capabilities. It stood to reason that Soviet spies, who were no dummies, might reasonably attempt to infiltrate such groups. It was perfectly plausible that the UFO groups on stakeout formed a pipeline of classified information to Soviet spies. And so, in an ironic twist, the UFO groups who intended to support national security by revealing what they thought was an alien threat actually became the national security threat themselves. All right, so you guys following me on this so far? Si, senor. All right. Yes, ma'am. All right. This was a realistic threat. All right. UFO groups tend to focus on Air Force facilities in the American Southwest, such as uh, Kirkland Air Force Base and Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico. And, of course, the National Classified Test Facility in Nevada, better known as Area 51. Area 51 has long been where new and experimental designs are test flown, which we've talked about in past episode. Um, we did a whole Area 51 thing, didn't we, in the conspiracy there and whatnot. Um, most notably, the A-12 and SR-71 spy planes and the F-117A stealth fighter. Once they were tested and became operational, stealth fighters went into service at Holloman Air Force Base, even though they may still be classified. Kirtland doesn't fly experimental designs, but they did develop and test bombers modified to carry nuclear weapons and a number of other airborne systems. Without a doubt, the Air Force didn't want any photographers with a long lenses you know, camped out around the bases. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I said it before in the Roswell episode that if you look at the timing of this stuff, like these fighter jets and planes came out after like this Battle of Los Angeles and after Roswell. So either somebody like brilliant and creative was born and old enough to design this or they got that from somewhere else hint i definitely hint. believe they got it from somewhere because we were basically in the stone age before that i mean and you can't just tell okay. me that like some guys like i'm gonna make a stealth fighter and right. here's what it's gonna look like right come on now yeah, everyone knows how i feel so and if you don't if you guys are new here if you don't know how i feel i don't believe any of that shit listen i just want <clears throat> i want you to know this new studio here yeah there's tinfoil underneath the walls before i put the drywall up i put tinfoil so oh, cool you hear that they right can't, Chris? they can't track us they can't hear us we're safe and you could say what you want is that why my cell phone reception sucks yeah okay you could say what you want though we're we're safe here uh, See? Yeah, that's fine i just said what i want next time chris comes <laughs> on he doesn't have to wear the, the hat the hoodie the dark glasses you know <laughs> Like he was on some sort of a yeah, yeah right. He distorted his voice. We're like, hey, Chris, how's it going? He's like, three cars followed me here. <laughs> Unmarked license plates. Um, could you not call were, me Chris? They were blacked out. <laughs> yeah. So how was the Air Force supposed to deal with this kind of fucking leak or potential leak? They could have arrested the UFO guys, but among the various types of fallout that would uh, that would create was the fact that such arrests would certify to any Soviet spies that the information was indeed valuable. So they couldn't arrest anyone because then it makes it look like it's actually a thing. Another way to deal with it was disinformation to discredit the UFO groups by persuading them that their observations did indeed pertain to aliens and not to actual Air Force capabilities. Soviet spies were much le less likely to take interest in claims of flying saucers than they were in film of American F-117 aircraft. So the Air Force Office of Special Investigations developed a new expertise feeding made-up disinformation about aliens and UFOs to the UFO enthusiasts, indicating that the United States did indeed have deep relationships with aliens. In some cases, this information, which was exactly what the UFO groups salivated for, was actually provided in exchange for information about the UFO group's movement and what data they may have collected. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Right. So, I mean, it, it, it honestly, it makes a lot of sense. That makes way more sense than anything else. Right. I mean, an Occam's razor, right? Yeah. Yeah. In 1989, it had been almost five years since Bill Moore had been the uh, second person to see the Majestic 12 documents. It surprised everyone when at a MUFON conference, the Mutual UFO Network. <laughs> yeah, apparently, that's a thing. A MUFON? <laughs> yeah, a MUFON. Oh, okay. Not a MUFON. That's a hairstyle. No, I believe you're, you're pronouncing it wrong. It's Muffin. Muff oh, Muffin. My bad. Muffin. <laughs> a Muffin right. conference. Muffin conference. Yeah. Muffin man. Muffin man. <laughs> Are you the Muffin man? He publicly announced that for years, since even before he'd seen MJ-12, he had been doing such deals with the Air Force. He had been providing all sorts of information about his UFO peers to the AFOSI, which is the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, in exchange for the material that went into his books about UFOs. 
He believed he'd been given MJ-12 as a reward for his years of hard work spying on his UFO colleagues. Moore was regarded as a traitor and was despised for his complicity and subsequently left the UFO community. So basically, not only are you you're coming out and saying that you're getting this information, but it turns out that it's false information. So you're, you're basically saying, hey, I got all this stuff. But it's not real. Sorry, guys. Going home. <laughs> Aliens don't exist. Bye. Yeah. You know? And he gets totally fucking shunned from the uh, the community. So one of the actions more revealed became inf- uh, infamous. It was the case of Paul Benowitz, owner of Thunder Scientific headquartered in Albuquerque. I said it right that time. That's which, a that's a place I want to work for. Yeah. Thunder. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Thunder Scientific, which built sensitive instrumentation for clients, including the Air Force. Eavesdropping on the Air Force became an obsession with Benowitz. Convinced that aliens were living inside uh, Arcoleta Mesa near, is it Dulce? 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 Dulce. Dulce. Dulce? Dulce. Dulce, New Mexico. Dulce? Gabbana? That's what it looks like. Dulce. Dulce. Dulce, Gabbana. <laughs> North I don't know. You don't have space. the monitor up. I can't follow yeah, along. Yeah, sorry. It's D-U-L-C-E. Dulce? Dulce. 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 El Dulce. <laughs> I am the Dulce! What does that mean? Dulce, motherfucker! I gotta take a dulce. (laughs) Are you dulce from Albuquerque? (laughs) (laughs) So Benowitz flew his small plane around and took countless photographs of things he believed were alien, dutifully providing them to the Air Force as he felt um, with his civic was his civic duty. One day in 1985, he photographed a crashed Delta Wing aircraft and reported it to Bill Moore, who in turn handed the pictures over to the AFOSI. This was in the middle of the years from 1981 to 1988 when the F-117 or yeah, F-117, a Delta wing aircraft was operating out of Holloman, but was still closely guarded as a secret. It was a real leak for the Air Force and they had to discredit it. They confirmed Benowitz's suspicion that aliens were involved, scattered more wreckage and even built things for him to photograph and gave him all sorts of stories about the underground aliens. What a poor and, bastard! And, and this dude bought it. Right now, imagine the people who are getting paid to like fuck with this guy. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, right? sitting yeah. around the table. Um, general, um, this guy's taking pictures of shit. Well, put out some more shit and put a green guy out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Dress a midget in green. Yeah, go out there and see if ET's available. Let's fucking put his ass out there. <laughs> So Moore claimed that part of his job had been to drive the already delusional Benowitz into a full psychological breakdown. No shit. <laughs> which eventually happened. Benowitz had to be hospitalized and live the rest of his life as a recluse. What a poor guy. What the fuck? That's, that's, that's the real thing. Aliens aren't real, but the U.S. government is shady. Tell me that's not fucked that's up. That's the real that's thing. That's fucked yeah. up, Isn't that man. fucked up? Like they, Basically, your job oh, yeah. is to f- make this guy go crazy with misinformation. It's, it's, like, life. it's like a Truman show. In a yeah, way where right, they like right. they portray all this shit and this guy thinks it's real and then right, finds yeah. out, guess what? You're a wackadoodle. Your right. whole life's a lie. Right. So this was the environment into which the Majestic 12 document suddenly appeared. The language in the FBI report is a little vague. Um, quote, the AFOSI advised that the documents were fabricated. It doesn't necessarily mean they fabricated, but it's generally taken to mean that. Regardless, whoever created the documents sent them to at least three prominent UFO authors until one finally made them public. They were written to be tr- uh, trumpeted far and wide. Now, during his 1989 confession to the Muffin Conference, <laughs> <laughs> Muffin Man, Muffin Man. Right. <laughs> Bill Moore, the guy who was basically told to drive Benowitz crazy, said, uh, quote, Disinformation is a strange and bizarre game. Those who play it are completely aware that an operation success, success is dependent upon dropping false information upon a target or mark in such a way that the person will accept it as truth and will repeat and even defend it to others as if it were true. Once the information is believed, the work of counterintelligence is complete. They can simply withdraw in the confidence that the dirty work of spreading their poisonous seeds will be done by others. Isn't it fucked up? Yeah. (laughs) So so here's here's all I'm going to say. If the government did this to this guy in the 40s, Who's this is the mid-80s. Or the 80s? Yeah, this okay. is the mid-80s. Who's to say they aren't doing it now still? Dude, the government is always like five steps ahead of anybody. Oh, yeah. Right. Anybody. Yeah. Right. So later on, ufologist Tim Cooper announced his own batch of secret Majestic 12 documents. Rival UFO- ufologists work together in the same way that rival Bigfoot hunters do. Yeah. Not very nicely. 
Moore and his proponents launched into Cooper's documents, pointing out clues that proved them counterfeit, and Cooper and his proponents did the same to Moore's documents, revealing the flaws that disproved their authenticity. When infighting among adversarial bamboozlers does all the work revealing each other's hoaxes, it makes the legitimate investigator's job so much easier. So you got this guy who's fucking with this guy, and he's saying your shit's fake, and you're saying his shit's fake, but both of it's fake. Just who's more fake and who can make the other one fucking... I'm like, God damn, I can, you can see why this motherfucker went nuts. It's an election debate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going cross-eyed, just fucking going over this shit. So, okay, let's talk about the Marshall Roosevelt memo from March 5th, 1942, stating that two unidentified aircraft were, in fact, recovered after the Battle of Los Angeles. Uh-huh. One at sea and one in the San Bernardino Mountains east of Los Angeles. The document's header says, and this is no, no joke, and you can get online and look at this, from 1940. It's dated March 5th, 1942, and it says, Interplanetary Phenomenon Unit. Intergalactic Planetary. <laughs> planetary Intergalactic. <laughs> boom, boom, sorry. Damn it, you can't do that to me. I'll stir fry you <laughs> in my walk. <laughs> and it states, quote, and this is what the damn thing says. Regarding the air raid over Los Angeles, it was learned by Army G2 that Rear Admiral Anderson recovered an unidentified airplane off the coast of California with no bearing on conventional explanation. This headquarters has come to the determination that the mystery airplanes are, in fact, not earthly, and according to secret intelligence sources, they are in all probability of interplanetary origin. Marshall then goes on to say, as a con- quote, as a consequence, I have issued orders to Army G2 that a special intelligence unit be created to further investigate the phenomenon and report any significant connection between recent incidents and those collected by the director of the Office of coordinator of information end quote the memo bears correct um it bears the the name on it office of chief of staff with file numbers and may be the document that initially formed the ipu which is the interplanetary phenomena unit so this was in that documentary i kept telling you about the bob lazar one. Oh, okay they went over these bob records lazar. yeah bob lazar. but they had all this stuff you know with the, the official actual documents of a lot of this, this and more things. Well, in my research, man, I, I'm, like I said, I went down that rabbit hole and uh, you could find so many letters that are actually sent to the president at that time and, and back and forth. Um, so, so we'll get to that in a second. Well, so, here's here's the kicker, though, yeah. real quick while we're on this subject. A UFO is an unidentified flying object. Now, that could be not necessarily an alien spacecraft. It could be a Japanese plane that we've never seen. You're jumping ahead. I got oh, is that it? I actually oh, talked about it. Yeah, I just wanted to open you're that door. You're 100% yes. correct. No, 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 he's absolutely right, though. So I'll touch that in a second. So back to the Battle of Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. Most UFO websites discuss the battle and show the picture from the LA Times, and you can look this up online as well, describing the cloud of AAA smoke, the ACAC guns, uh, in the searchlights surrounding a, quote, large craft. And if you look at the picture, you can actually see that in between the smoke, it looks like a, a, a little spacecraft. It does. Yeah. Um, but this was not the, the contemporary identification. For more than 40 years, not a single person associated with the Battle of Los Angeles entertained any thoughts about extraterrestrial... Extra, God damn it! E.T. found how... Extraterrestrial spacecraft or aliens, according to all available evidence. Modern ufologists seem to have forgotten that the U in UFO stands for unidentified. They tend to identify such objects as extraterrestrial spacecraft for reasons only known to themselves. The Battle of Los Angeles was triggered by true UFOs, something spotted in the sky that nobody was able to di- uh, definitely identify. Most gunners reported never seeing anything at all and simply fired at wherever they saw other bursts. As a good gunner should. Right. <laughs> Just spray and pray, buddy. That's it. For this, the gun crews were officially reprimanded. They actually got in trouble for it. Oh, yeah. Hey, you, did you fire that 50 cal in the cloud for no reason? Yes, I did, General. (laughs) (laughs) Get your ass out of here. So the office of... Bad gunner. (laughs) The Office of Air Force History says in its 1983 report entitled The Army Air Forces in World War II, quote, a careful study of the evidence suggests that meteorological balloons known to have been released over Los Angeles may uh, may well have caused the initial alarm. This theory is supported by the fact that the anti-aircraft artillery units were officially criticized for having wasted ammunition on targets, which moved too slowly to have been airplanes. Okay, remember in that report, it said it was too slow. Yeah, I just don't understand the balloon thing. 
<sighs> like I get back in the day before Doppler and all that bullshit. Like they had to have something bring a signal back of of weather or current right. radar. But a fucking balloon? Like really? Like a large tinfoil balloon? That's your answer? Yeah, it's it seems really well hokey pokey generic to me. I got a, a something to bring up to you in a second. After the firing started, careful observation was difficult because of drifting smoke from shell bursts. The acting commander of the anti-aircraft artillery brigade in the area testified that he had first been convinced that he had seen 15 planes in the air, but had quickly decided that he was seeing smoke. Doesn't make sense. Competent correspondents like Ernie Pyle and Bill Henry witnessed the shooting and wrote that they were never able to make out an airplane. So, what the fuck happened in Los Angeles on that night? I just sent you that picture. Okay, yeah, yeah. You want to look. Awesome. You too, Jeff. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen it. Okay. Yeah, that picture, it's crazy. It's weird. Yeah. So, was it weather balloons? Was it aliens? Was an intentional bout of disinformation sent out to fuck with people? If so, then why? Did they want the Japanese to believe in aliens so they wouldn't worry about us dropping big-ass bombs on them, which we shortly did later? Well, like they say when trying to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop, the world may never know. One, <laughs> oh God. Two, <laughs> three. <laughs> three. <laughs> All right, so you just brought up something. Okay, and so here's what I want to talk about. So I, I thought this was a really, really, really cool bit of history that I didn't know a lot about. Real quick, the picture? Yeah. You notice those beams are awfully perfect for being lit. I mean, look at look how I, right. I, yeah, it, it looks photoshopped all the way. Doesn't it look? It looks it totally really photoshopped. Yeah, it looks yeah. big time. So here's big my time. here's big my question. Time. They said that over what was it? Fourteen hundred shells were shot up in the air. Right? Yeah, right. And fifty cows and whatever. And they said that uh, nothing was found whatsoever. They didn't find anything. Well, supposedly from the. But you shoot that many things. Nothing's going to be found <laughs> anyway. But my question is if it was a weather balloon and they said that it circled back around, as that radio report said or whatever, are you trying to tell me? I don't care what the fuck it was. Weather balloon, whatever. You shoot 1,400 rounds of. of anti-aircraft gun or shells into the sky you're gonna hit something oh yeah oh definitely something you're going to find if it's a weather balloon you fuck that weather balloon up oh yeah if it's a fucking seagull a alien guess what that alien's fucked up i don't care what yeah seagull i don't give a shit <laughs> anything that was in that air right there is gone <laughs> it's gone it's decimated yeah but they said they didn't find anything so so was this just them being were they afraid what, was were, it over the ocean too so, I mean, it was it, right over the coast. How do you know that debris didn't go into the water? Right into the water. Right to the bottom right away. But would you and think, back then, I mean, you don't think they would have been able to find anything floating even at that point in time? Yeah. Like right afterwards when this happened? Dude, a 50 cal will fuck some shit up. Well, I know, but I'm just saying. And like, 1,400 rounds of 50 cal. <laughs> that's you're like, Swiss cheese, yeah, man. You could blow a planet up like pretty <laughs> right. much. Well, that's what I'm, I'm just saying. That they did literally found, quote, supposedly they didn't find anything whatsoever. Well, yeah. That leaves it open. I mean, it leaves it open to the fact that, like, if there was debris, maybe they scooped it up before anybody could see it. Uh, yeah, exactly. It sounds well, like Well, now, remember, shit. there were some reports saying that they found two different planes in two different areas. Right. But then they said that that didn't happen. And then you got this. Okay. So, Riley, what do you think? <clears throat> I, I like to think of it as the way what's going on in the world at this time, what's happening all around. It's World War Two. This is what, 1942 is when this happened? Mm -hmm. So this is like height of World War II. Like this is probably like just before or after the Battle of Midway. So we're like in the thick of World War II. There's no end in sight at this point. We're like, everyone's doing the war effort. Everyone's on edge. Everyone's freaking out because Japan's already proved that they can attack us. Yeah, and, so, and they did And twice. you're on the West Coast. Yeah. Is this when Captain America was promoting and like doing the shows and stuff to get people to recruit? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm just putting the timetable yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. good. So... Like Japan has already proved they can attack us, so we're, we don't feel invulnerable anymore. Like we did, right? And so everyone's on edge. So I, in the government at this time, Germany's government was doing secret shit. Our government was doing secret shit. Everyone's working on things in secrecy to try to win the war. Who's to say that we didn't have some, you know, conceptual plane or something that was flying, and that the the government was it was so top secret that we didn't tell the people on the the, the aircraft, the anti aircraft guns or whatever, we didn't tell them, and the plane flew too close to the coast or was flying over the ocean to try to be secret and someone saw it and they all started firing at it and then it shot down. That's a very good point. What happens when the experiment goes wrong? You hit the red button. Yeah, you just pretend it never happened. You nuke it. And that's when that's when maybe that's, when, maybe that's when they said the disinformation campaign. They're like, listen, 
we got to cover this it's up. Either, it's either Japan knows we have this plane or it's aliens. They're like, ladies and gentlemen, right. this is Riley. That was a very intelligent. That's what I there. think. And it happening. makes all the sense in the world. And that. so everyone's on edge. And then the government goes, oh, fuck. They, they saw that. Just right. Make make it up. And then, do something. And then what happens is, is, is you get somebody who immediately they take the bait and they spread it and then they spread it but then you start sending as the government like i said earlier here they hired someone to make that dude fucking believe well, shit and all of a sudden this dude's going out and he's the new bob lazar yeah you yeah. know what i mean and or the first bob lazar i don't know how that falls in the line well there. you know like you notice how like aliens were never really <laughs> talked about prior to like any of this happening so like i think the government found a like a honey pot they could use to cover up all their secret shit is there like it's a brilliant concept if you think about it so like if they something did leak like that and they said you know what rather than cover it up let's give it to them yeah and then later on we'll say yeah we fabricated this yeah or just never admit and anything yeah. how would you you would never second guess you'd be right. like oh yeah the the government like what like we read you know but really have behind a bunch closed of doors shit is happening then you have a bunch of people like john that don't believe shit well that's because i'm a logical thinker <laughs> you know I'm just so that's, that's that's what i think i think the government was doing something secret maybe not shady but it was during wartime just like the cold war like we had enemies that were on earth and and we were trying to cover it up and we didn't want them to know about it so exactly we said it was aliens and everyone's like oh, that makes so much sense right and it, it's just all you're doing is you're 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 adding fuel to a a, a fire we, no the what it is they lit the powder keg because everyone was on edge and it well, gave right. them something to think about now right and then, and then you're right, though. I mean, before this, like, if you look in history and stuff like that, no one really ever talked about aliens. I mean, not they, in the way we know. About not in the way. Today. Yeah, we know. Like, you know, ancient times and stuff like that. Yeah. They'd say things in the sky, but that could literally be anything. You know what I mean? Like, uh, as far as diving into that whole thing, I'm just saying, like, like in contemporary times, that's basically when this whole thing kicked off. Yeah, all it was was a bait and switch. It was like you were looking at the like, let's like, like they're looking at the crash. And the government goes, oh, there's it's aliens over there. And everyone right. turns and looks and they pull the wreckage away real quick. And now it's gone. Listen, no for knows. all we know, this was prior to them dropping the bombs. Yeah, they're in, probably in Japan. Maybe, maybe they were sitting there and they maybe some they were afraid someone was going to get some sort of information out of it. Maybe they were out there. With one of their big ass freaking planes, the one that dropped the freaking bombs, because those planes were huge. Oh yeah. Well, what was it? Not not the Enola Gay. Was it the Enola Gay that yeah. dropped one of them? Yeah. Okay, I think so. Yeah. I, if, it I, was if, the I'm, if I'm wrong, whatever. Big ass planes that carried a big ass fucking nuclear, not yeah, nuclear bomb, right? Um, and the torpedo, it, it was painted. It said "Hero." Yeah. It. yeah. Hero. And the next one said "Goodbye." <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, that's so bad. Sorry, folks. That was that was rough. Oh, it's uh, not too soon. It's been how many years? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Right. Lighten the fuck up. All right. Yeah, almost almost eight. Almost eighty years. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, that does make sense. So maybe they were out there off the coast. Someone took a glance at it and was like, "What the fuck?" And they had to cover it up by saying, "This is what happened." Well, I think yeah. I think the military shot at it. Like legitimately, like they saw something in the sky that night, and then the higher ups in the government, like because they're just the lowly like gunners, you know, or even like they don't have security clearance to that. So what they did is they fed the flames, and they're like, it was a weather balloon, or it was aliens, but it was not what it actually was, which is a secret plane or whatever like top secret shit they were really working on. Or I mean, truthfully, you kind of touched on it too, man. What if what if whatever they had up there fucked up, and so their way of covering it up was blasting a bunch of shit in the sky making yeah. everyone look up when actually it's down yeah right you know what i mean and then they go oh it was weather balloons diversion yeah i mean it's our government you said bait and switch yeah that's, that's a, we're never gonna know well exactly it's it's so you guys know about like the sr-71 blackbird and the u2 and all the secret like we talked about it u2 yeah. like the band like the band yeah it was their it was their uh, concept album they're from they're from roswell yeah, nice. yeah. So they dropped the bono i thought they were irish yeah. <laughs> I thought he was Irish. And so, like, what, like, what they did is that was all secret the whole time. Was all like because we were hiding it from the Russians. Like we were de- definitely hiding technological advances that we were making from Jap- Japan, Germany. Shit, I'm sure we still are. It's just yeah. easy now yeah. with technology. Military secrets. Period. Yeah. But there's always going to be military secrets. Military doesn't have secrets. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? No. How dare we say that thing? All of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, it's Hillary Clinton. Oh. We move for a reason. Yeah. Damn it! Just they had up. a DeLorean before '84. Yeah, right. Yeah, but or, no. I, or I, I truthfully think that's that's kind of what it is. Or since we're throwing ors, it was fucking aliens, John. You're right. My bad. Let's just delete this whole episode. It was that's aliens. Right. It was yeah. aliens. It was or aliens. if you want to, if you want to feed into that though, it was actually aliens. The government actually shot something down, and then they go, you know what? 
they'll never believe it if we tell them it was actually I was, aliens. I was gonna I was gonna touch on that too and well, say the same thing. It almost discredited if the government goes, "You're right, it was aliens." Here's some fake doc. Here's some documents. Like literally, it was the legit documents that everyone's overthinking it. They're like, oh, "They can't be right." The government's yeah. they, they're right. lying. They're right. covering right. something up. But that's just it, though. It looks, the government's like, "Nah, that's aliens." No, we were already <laughs> in a war. We didn't want to get in another one. Right? Yeah. yeah. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine being the president of the United States and you're in the whole world is shooting at each other and then aliens come down. Imagine being that guy from it. Like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Well, they were coming. Yeah. They were coming down to get a front row view. <laughs> Son of a bitch! The dude's in a wheelchair. Like, fuck this. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> so, no, I was actually going to bring that up too and say that, like, what if this? What if? Look who they had discredit the papers. It was the government. Yeah, they had the FBI discredit these papers that came from the government. Who better to discredit your own work than you? You know what I mean? Like, oh no, that I didn't. I was I was fucking high. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I was fucked up. <laughs> that Peter Parker photo is definitely touched up. I mean, there's no way. Oh that, yeah, that is a real which photo. there's this theory that the government actually photoshopped that to make it look more like aliens. <laughs> Seriously, so that they oh. uh, so that they could cover up whatever they were actually doing. Well, look right in the middle of the, all the lights, man. They're all focused so, on the one. And it looks like the generic shit with the bubble on the top. Yeah. Is there a I'm document like that states like that that actually came from a civilian? What's that, 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 that picture? Photo, yeah. I'd have to do some more research on that. I don't know. Because that could have been one where they just like they doctored it up and they put it in an envelope and you know. Yeah, right, right. Drop right, it off right, at the yeah. New York Times by six. <laughs> you know, in an anonymous envelope, you know. So you guys all know that obviously, and as I've repeated numerous times, I, I'm not a believer that aliens have ever been or people from another Do you believe whatever. in life after love? <laughs> do you but what I'm saying, though, is with something of this magnitude, it leads a little bit of 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 uh, potential to it where it could be purposeful misinformation in order to cover up something bigger, because then you go and you find these, quote unquote, secret documents. And then it's like, OK, are those were those real documents? And then they go, oh, shit. Yeah. This, <laughs> whole, no, it's all fake. It's all fake. <laughs> this whole thing is like being in a room with seven different doors and each one makes sense. Right. Okay. Or yeah. each one doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, or, or you walk right, in and you're like, there, ah, no, that can't be right. There's, it? there's so many, uh, what do you call options or, or variations that like, you know, it's hard to discredit all of it at once. Well, that's why I thought this was right. such a, an awesome story because uh, it's something I, I really didn't know anything about. And diving into it, I'm like, holy shit. I mean, looking up all these different documents and seeing all this different shit, it was just fucking weird, man. So anyway, that's the story of the Battle of Los Angeles. And I that hope- That was cool as shit. <laughs> I hope you guys learned something. You guys learned something new. Um, I'm trying to see how this correlates to Rage Against the Machine, though. They named that album- the Battle of Los Angeles. What the hell? Maybe it might not be the it. same battle. It's because their beats are out of this world. Gazinga! Wow, 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 wow. No, you know what it is? Is that they got the, the, the them from aliens. They, the whole record they got from an alien. Zach De La Roca is an yeah, alien? Yeah, he's an actual yeah, alien. Go with it now. He might be. You never know. I mean, his last name is De La Roca. De La Roca. That's Spanish for from the sky. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I come from sky. So I hope you guys learned something. Let us know on uh, social media, you know, what you guys think of this. Leave us a review wherever you're at and just let us know what you guys think about uh, the Battle of Los Angeles and whether or not you believe or if you think it was a weather balloon or if it was aliens or if it was the big guys cover up for, you know, them sinking their own fucking shit or whatever it was. But uh, up next is my favorite the part movies. of the show. And this, of course, is Jeff Hates It All. Because Jeff hates it all. He really don't care. You sing a sad song, but you're just unaware. You say you don't know. You say you won't cry. You think you're so smart, but you're living a lie. You had a bad day. Jeff hates it all. You're driving your Tesla and you're drinking your white ball. Jeff hates it all. I say Jeff hates it all. All right. As most of you could probably guess, today is going to be kind of an easy one. It's you all watched the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all saw the halftime strip show. Yeah. I didn't, but I know what you're talking. I've about. heard things. I've seen. I don't Stills. fucking understand what happened. Where did we go wrong and what happened to where we used to have a music performance, like an actual band with talented people that play instruments 
and Wait now it's a goddamn like here's my boobies in my butt out of 50 here, years here old. it is billions of people you know like Wait, are I, you I, saying Shakira's not talented? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> what the hell was that about? Like, I don't know. That's like a terrorist. How, call, how, I guess. I don't yeah, know. how high was she? She sounds like that Russian dude. No, she sounds like she's out shooting, like hunting turkey. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to call one. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Like, Shakira and J-Lo, they're beautiful women, especially for their age. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Dude, J-Lo's 50, what, she's 50 years old. 50 years old, dude? Yep. As a musician, right? It's supposed to be a musician thing at the halftime show. You know, like, we've had what? Rolling Stones is a bad example because they're terrible, but... Sorry, uh, yeah. likes them, yeah. but didn't, I, didn't I Prince, second that one. Prince, yeah. Prince did a halftime show. Did have Prince, Prince, uh, Prince's halftime show is is ranked right up there. In you the know what? Top Coldplay. three. Man. Coldplay did a couple years ago. Right. And yeah. I, I'd rather watch that again. Didn't than this. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers do it? Red I'd Hot Chili rather, Peppers. Yeah. I'd rather get a root canal than want or listen to some Coldplay. Oh, God. here's my point. Like actual t- like musicians. When though. did we oh, get yeah. to the point where we're just gonna have these pop stars lip sync and strip around in in undies? Like, but the thing that's the thing though. But that's the thing. What are we doing right now? Talking about We're it. We're talking about it. Right? How much hype and, and, and conversation did that generate? Because what happened to like I don't know, it's just I guess it died at some point. I'm we so we talk about all the time about like the Eagles and like Foo Fighters and what happened to real, like real Led Zeppelin? The, the real, real music. You right, know what I mean? Right. But real where, talent. Where was the Super Bowl? Where was it played? It was Miami, wasn't it? Okay. Oh, they're Todd trying, pointed this they're out. They're trying to, yeah. Todd pointed it out. It's in Miami. They wanted Latinas, Latinos. That's what they wanted for the halftime show. They wanted something to relate. <laughs> exactly. That's, they wanted something to I relate mean, makes sense. to the area. You know, you're trying to tell me but isn't there anything new and relevant? No. There's no real, like, I'm That's sure na- there's tons of real Latin bands. But not na- national, not nationally Think recognized. Think fucking Carlos Santana. Yeah. At least that'd be awesome. God, that would be right? fantastic. Or Los Lobos. Yeah. Well, there you go. Los the, Lobos? the Wolves? That's the band, Los Lobos. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. the Wolves in Spanish. I know what it means, but it's a fucking band. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, my point is, yeah. I fucking hate music now, and I'm, I I, a lot of us do. Oh, and like, this just you. reiterates, like, okay, this is like the biggest show of the year. And you put this on. Yeah, it was, you know, it was I mean, pretty, yeah. I'm sitting there waiting. Yeah. Like, I'm like, all right, I'll give them a chance. Like, you know, maybe these girls are talented. Maybe they're going to like hit some notes and some harmonies and no. blow my mind. And said, I got. Like, well, last year, wasn't last year the guy from Maroon 5? Like with his shirt off and all the girls were freaking yeah. out because he was shirtless. Because okay. that's all he has. Yeah. Okay. Now hold on real it. fast here. I, I on, on saying this, and I know this is Jeff hates it all, and, uh, and, and, and he does hate it all. But I just have to say that anyone out there who is flipping out because they wore whatever outfits on stage um from the bottom of my heart shut the fuck up shut up stop <laughs> fucking bitching about two fucking broads on stage fucking whatever when you know damn well you're sitting at home and either you're fucking watching a tv show or, or, or dude, what about bikinis yeah what about bikinis you know what i mean or underwear commercials and shit like that and you're fucking worried about shakira and j-lo with fucking and it's not, it wasn't even that bad my, I mean, my like, point it's, is... It's not like the right. fucking Janet Jackson nipple slip. No, my point yeah. is not so much what they wore. I mean, it is kind of funny. My point is the music talent. No, no, I gone. completely understand. Yeah. Yeah. So instead yeah. of having music talent, like these girls could have put together a duet with harmonies that would have been amazing. Instead, they just stripped around and, you know, danced around. And Did you read that article <laughs> about that guy? That Christian dude that's suing for like $847 oh, million. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was... I was seeing hellfire. I was going to hell. Yeah, it said something like it ruined his chances of getting into heaven. Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs> the, 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 the Super Bowl halftime yeah. show. God was like, <laughs> you know what? To Dude, hell. He's like, I know what you were thinking about those girls. I can't let you in. Yeah, yeah. right. You, right. Ain't, yeah, you yeah. ain't getting into heaven now, boy. See, my, my, the thing I saw, I saw a video of a of a little kid, like a little boy, probably five or six years old, watching the Super Bowl halftime show, and the video just zooms on his face. He's just like. Dumb struck his jaw open, just like staring probably at the got TV. His first boner. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. <laughs> a lot uh, of sexual Dad, awakenings. Dad, what was that? I just think that uh, that noise. What's that noise that she made again, Jeff? I've got it on a ten-hour loop. By the way, <laughs> oh, how, God, how did she make no. that noise when her microphone wasn't actually on? Did you yeah, guys see right? that picture? 
that yeah. like her Sennheiser microphone was not on. Are you serious? Sort of guy. There's a picture zoomed in. Well, you and I know Shocker. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're oh, releasing. Yeah. My my whole point, full circle, is I miss the days when you had talented people that went up there. They didn't have scratch tracks and dat tapes and recording pre recordings. Right. They actually played it raw. And when they fucked up, it was cool because you knew they were real. They showed their realness. I miss right. artists. Like actual legit creative musician artists, and I feel like it's gone, and I hate that. And that's Prince. why this week I hate the fucking Super Bowl. There you go. Show. There you go. That was Jeff hates it all. Because Jeff hates it all. He really don't care. You sing a sad song, but you're just unaware. You say you don't know. You say you won't cry. Think you're so smart, but you're living life. Yeah, had a bad day. Jeff hates it all. You're driving your Tesla and you're drinking your white claw. Jeff hates it all. I said Jeff hates it all. So real quick, we have that as a ringtone now. It is available at, uh, as a ringtone at the That's our, our funny. website. Yeah. So uh, right now it. it's just uh, up for Android phones because um, fucking Apple and their shit. I got to figure it. <laughs> of course. I got to go in and figure it all out. But yeah, if you have an Android phone, you can actually go on and uh, sign up to our website. And uh, that's uh, the Midnight Train Podcast dot com. By the way, Chef Kevin, my buddy, wants to meet Isaiah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Isaiah. Like- Isaiah. Yeah, well, yeah, dude. Hey, what's his name? What you chef, chef Kevin. He's he's a chef, so we call him Chef Kevin. Chef Kevin. Yeah. What, what does he cook? He can cook gumbo. Oh, I like it. I like it. Does he know how to do shrimp? Oh yeah. Grits. Yeah. Boy, I sure do like me some grits. Hey, Chase, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Isaiah, how you been, buddy? Oh, man, it ain't nothing but nothing. You know what I'm saying? What is Chef Kevin? All right, Isaiah, get out of here. We got we got a podcast just, to do. Just, get get get. Fucking asshole. We got to change the locks, man. He just. Everywhere we go. I, I didn't even know he was here. How did he get here? You thought I was back. <laughs> <He's> just, <laughs> he shows up. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, passengers. We really hope that you enjoyed your ride with us on the Battle of Los Angeles and all the conspiracy that goes around with it. Um, don't forget to head over to uh, the Midnight Train Podcast.com. Sign up for the Midnight Bonus Train to download the, um, the Jeff Hates It All uh, ringtone. Uh, as well as all kinds of other awesome tidbits you won't get anywhere else. Some Dr. Phil Batman costume. Yeah, there's all, <laughs> we ask, uh, we does ask. your new uh, your new girlfriend, does she know about the Dr. Phil costume? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Fa- Facebook does. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, Chainsaw, yeah. Facebook official. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. There goes your chances, Riley, yeah. for next year at the Halloween. Damn yeah. it, man. <laughs> I'm taking somebody else, Riley. Sorry, can I buddy. can I walk? Can I come with you guys? The three you of us. Want to watch? What kind of freaking? <laughs> are you into? What the hell, Riley? Wow, that just got. I met your met your date, not anything else. Yeah, you're freaking me out now. <laughs> yeah, how's it feel? <laughs> <laughs> so at our website, creepy. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can buy some super sweet merchandise too. Um, we we will be donating ten percent of all of our merchandise sales to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. You can also donate directly by visiting NAMI, that's N-A-M-I, dot org. Um, but getting a sweet shirt, promoting your favorite podcast, and helping a great call sounds like a better idea to me. Yeah. Just saying. That's my opinion. But help out either way. Also, sign up to our group on Facebook. It's awesome. And a chance for us to talk to all of you outside of the podcast. It's been really active lately, and it's been <laughs> awesome. Um, there will be a link in the description. And uh, make sure you're liking and following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and everywhere else you can possibly find and you just Google it and whatever thing you're on. If we're not on there, send us a message and we'll get on it. You know what I mean? TikTok, Get really? Down on it. <laughs> and l- listeners keep asking how they can keep the steam in our engines. Well, the best thing you can do is like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. And most importantly, share the Midnight Train to everyone. Because word of mouth is how we're going to get more passengers on this train and continue to bring you weekly episodes. We can't thank you all enough for all the love and support we've received. And we've been getting more and more donations for an amazing Randy Podmore mask that oh. I personally think we should have a custom one made. Yes. So your donations are extremely, extremely, extremely. You don't have no idea how much we thank you for that. When that happens, we're going to get like a full size mannequin right here for the corner of the studio. Perfect. And he's going to wear it and just like, you know, do, do one of these like with the arms up. Like he's, I'm going to get you. We'll just have chains all wearing the whole time. You. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Think, I think Riley, <laughs> what Riley said on the forum, man, I think we should go with that. You know, 
What, what did Riley say? A, a mask of my face. I don't know, man. That's scary. <laughs> Jeff, could you live with my face in your basement? No. <laughs> I, I would never do laundry again. <laughs> How about Moody? Can we do uh, neither. Neither. Yeah. yeah. So of each. Yeah. We just want to thank you guys so much for everybody who's been like donating and whatnot. And again, if you want to do that, you can uh, go to PayPal and uh, it's the midnight train podcast at gmail.com. And any little bit helps out for this. And we're just doing this because first of all, it's helping out a guy that's super creative that makes his own masks that are fucking unreal. And uh, to be honest, and we just want one and we want everyone to help us out and get it. And, and then we'll put your name on a plaque and we will definitely talk about you on the show. So once we do that, and we'll let you guys know when we're doing it. So, again, we can't thank you guys enough for everything and everyone listening. And uh, don't forget to send us your holiday cards, too. Um, we will read those on every episode of everyone we get. Make sure to send those and any kind of creepy little items you guys may want to have us hang here in the new train station. Yeah. To the Midnight Train Podcast. There's plenty of wall space to cover up. Yeah. P.O. Box 38206, Olmstead Falls, Ohio, 44138. Did you fart? Is that what you're waving over there for? No, your son's got his freaking socks off. I took my off. sock off because it's, so, oh, it's soaking wet. Is it bad? It's no, terrible, man. No, he doesn't man. smell anything. He smelled his upper... It's like old, moldy, blue cheese. <laughs> he smelled his upper lip. Listen, gross. I just spent fucking eight hours painting all these walls. If it peels, <laughs> you're coming over and you're repainting this room. <laughs> all right, passengers. Oh, thank you so God. much for hanging out with us today. And uh, yeah, it's uh, season three. Episode one, and we just did the Battle of fucking Los Angeles. Yeah. Was it real? You tell us. Yeah. Let us know. Get on Facebook and let us know what you think. Yeah. Do that. Let us know. I want to start like a post where everybody's just going at it. You know, where where one guy's like, you know what? It was aliens. And the next guy's like, no, it was this. Like, I want to see a fucking 57,000. You know, yeah, post so red. Cool, man. Yeah, but don't be, don't be dicks, though, when you do that. Like, yeah, you can. No. Just do it with, gi- with, uh, gi- with gifts. Yeah, just, just don't say it. Just put put the pictures. I just don't want to see anybody be mean to each other. That's all. Be, be well, nice chainsaws mean to us all the time. That's true. That's right. Fuck you, chainsaw. Thanks John. for coming, buddy. I appreciate you being here, man. Seriously, no problem. It's been awesome having you here. Any, anytime you need my truck, John. <laughs> 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 On behalf of Chainsaw Riley, Jeff, and myself, as we always do about this time, we just simply want to say, choo choo, motherfuckers. <laughs>